if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 105, verses 17 and 19. We'll read two key texts, and then we will examine what we've been talking about from Genesis. Psalm 105, verses 17 to 19, he says, He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters, and he was, he was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 to 30. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. I know all who prayed, but I want to pray again. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. I ask, Father, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to really be imparted into our hearts and minds so that we will hear what you're saying to us today and be empowered in the knowledge of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we've been talking about being a man or a woman of destiny, and we're focusing on the life of Joseph. And we said that destiny speaks of your destination, where God has ordained you to be. And uh, we talked about the fact that where God has called you to be and where you are now, there are things that will happen that if you remain in the center of God's will, you will eventually get to where God has ordained you to be. Many times we become impatient when things are not unfolding the way we think they should unfold. And because of that, we take decisions that are contrary to what God's word teaches and begin to frustrate the process that God has ordained for us. But if you learn to trust in God and rely on his leadership over your life, regardless of the intentions of men, the wicked intentions of men, regardless of the adversity that you go through, the scripture we read in Romans 8.28 will apply that everything will work together for your good because of God's call upon your life. And that verse in verse 20, um, verse 30 says that those he predestined, he also called. So in the mind of God, you have already, he has already determined your outcome and therefore he called you. And those he called, he also justified. And so what God does through salvation is he makes us righteous. Or like they say, just as if we have not sinned, we are justified. Then those he justified, he also glorified. And that was eventually the glory of God is displayed through and in us because of our destiny. So... Lessons from the life of Joseph. And we said this, that the road to fulfilling destiny in God is that you will follow certain key principles. And in the life of Joseph, we learn the following. One, his foundations. Two, the fact that he was in the pit of slavery. Then he was in Potiphar's house. Then he entered prison. And then he entered the palace 
and finally he began to fulfill his destiny. And uh, we said that in his foundations, what was being formed in him was that he would be a beloved son and then end up being an abused brother. An abused brother. It's not very glorious, it seems. But for Joseph, and we can learn these lessons about how he applies to our life. In our foundations, there will be things that will happen to us that are key in molding us and making us what God ultimately has called us to be. But often, what happens to us is not what we will expect. So for Joseph, he started as a beloved son and ended up as an abused or a wounded brother. Then in the pit of slavery, he went from a free, sla- a free man to becoming a slave. Then in Potiphar's house, he went from a favored slave to becoming a despised prisoner. A favored slave to a despised prisoner. Then in prison, he went from a favored convict, because God's favor was still upon him. He went from a favored convict to a forgotten assistant. He was number two in the prison, and he was forgotten by those he helped. And then in the palace, he went from a promoted prisoner to a wise prime minister. Yet, he still was not fulfilling his destiny. It was only after he met his brothers and began to serve the purposes of God did he begin to fulfill his destiny, which was from a favored ruler to the preserver of life. Never forget why you are promoted. You are not promoted as an end in itself. You are promoted because of the destiny of God upon your life. So I want us to examine in more detail the foundations of Joseph because your foundation is very crucial. So let's read Genesis 37 verses 2 to 11. I've added two more points, so I'm sorry I didn't send you these other points. I've added two more points for your edification. So Genesis 37 verses 2 to 11. He says, this is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There were, there we were, sorry, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaf stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Verse 9. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers. Look, and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? 
Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Amen. All right, so I want to just um, really go straight into what we've been teaching. Uh, Some of the things I said last week, just want to quickly recap again. Number one, that Joseph was a son. His foundations began as a son in his father's house. Verse 2, this is the history of Jacob. And then he says, Joseph being 17 years old. The point that we have to, I want to emphasize again, is that whatever destiny God has called you to, it starts, it's built on the foundation of your father's um, heritage. It's not built on your foundation. It's built on the foundation of your father's heritage. Now, the problem we have today is that we live in a fallen world and fatherhood has been so messed up. It's been so messed up. And so, therefore, many of us, our, our, our fathers were not real fathers, sadly. Some of us are privileged enough to have had genuine biological fathers who were fathers. But most of us, if we are honest, come from backgrounds that have been fractured because of sin. And therefore, our fathers were biological fathers, but were not true fathers. So what God has also done is that he has also allowed the spiritual to be just as relevant. And so he has given us spiritual fathers. But above all, he's our heavenly father. He's our heavenly father. And so our destiny is first rooted on the foundation of who he is. But secondly, it is linked to the fathers that he places in our lives. Whether we like it or not, whether we realize it or not, the role of your natural father and the role of your spiritual father is key to fulfilling your destiny in God. Can somebody say amen? Now, again, I know that we've had such abuse when it comes to fatherhood. And this is why we, as children of God, have been born again. By being born again, we enter the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we become his brothers. And so we have our heavenly father. And God, because of this dysfunction, the scripture says in Psalm 68 verse 6, he sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound, bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. God will put you in a family so that you can prosper. And that's why local churches are so important because that is the spiritual family God places us in. I was brought up in a spiritual family that had many issues. But it is because of that heritage that I am able now to do the things that I do. Without that heritage, I would not have the grace and the resources that I now have in fulfilling my destiny. And it is those, like we said, who are planted in the house of the Lord, who are planted in the family that God places them, who end up flourishing in the courts of our God. 
I have seen so many start so well and end up in dry places where spiritually they are no longer where they were meant to be. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. All right. Now, one of the things I want you to notice in verse, in verse 2 is this. It says, this is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. First thing is this. We may all have the same father. Now, here's the interesting thing. But not all of us have the same mother. God may be our father, and he may give us spiritual fathers, but we don't all have the same mother. You say, what do I mean? You see, it is your mother who influences you. It is your mother who nurtures you. And you find in the Bible, many times, when you had a good king, it would say, his mother's name was so-and-so. When you had a bad king, it would say, his mother's name was so-and-so. Your mother, the mother speaks of that which influences you directly. And so in your formative years, you have to be careful who is nurturing you, who is influencing you. Because whoever is influencing you will have a bearing on your destiny. Yeah. So although Joseph had the same mother as his brothers, he had the same father as his brothers, he had a different mother. Now we need both the father and the mother. Spiritually, we need both. But we have to make sure that we are being influenced properly. Secondly, he says that Joseph brought a bad report of his brothers to his father. He brought a bad report. What does that speak of? It speaks of this, that in his formative years, Joseph began to walk in integrity. He brought a bad report because they were behaving badly. Are you still here? He brought a bad report knowing full well that his brothers are going to find out he's brought a bad report. Now, one of the things that we have to have from the beginning in our foundations is integrity. It's integrity. I remember many years ago when we we planted our our second church in Ghana, uh, amongst the, the leadership, there was a controversy. And in that controversy, I called the leaders there. And I asked the senior man what happened, and he lied. And I asked some of the other leaders what happened, and they lied. Then I called one of the deacons, another leader, and I said, in front of them, not behind their back, I don't believe in snitching. I believe you must report it in front of everybody. Say to your neighbor, report it in front of everyone. Come on, tell them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't come and whisper something to me and say, but please don't say nothing. I don't believe in that. That is ungodly. No, we must name the name. Tell your neighbor, name the name. Yeah. So I called this guy and I said to him, tell me what happened in front of them. Did they do this or not? He said, oh, they did it. Did they say that or not? They said it. So then I, I asked the, the boss, why? why? And he said, oh, Pastor, I'm sorry. Pastor, I'm sorry. Now, the senior man lied, but his junior did not lie. Are you listening to me? Today, that junior is the national overseer and carries a tremendous prophetic anointing. Because he understood in his father's house how to walk in integrity. Even though it meant 
that his siblings hated him. And let me tell you something. If you want to fulfill your destiny, you must be prepared to be out of favor with your siblings because of your integrity. Yeah. You must be prepared that your fellow brother and sisters do not like you because you tell the truth. Not because you're lying and stealing their money. But because you tell the truth. Are you listening to me? We're talking about, I, I said, are you listening to me? I didn't, I didn't quite catch it. I said, are you listening to me? Uh-huh. I want you to listen carefully. Say, oh, you preached this last week. No, I didn't. I'm repeating on purpose. Because the point needs to be emphasized. So many believers lie. They lie. They don't tell the truth. And they wonder why their destiny is messed up. Because they have not allowed the right foundations to be built in them. But you will be different in Jesus' name. So we must first be willing to be rejected because of the truth if we are to have the right foundation and fulfill our destiny. If we are to have the right foundation in our character and fulfill our destiny, we must be willing to be rejected by our siblings because of integrity. Secondly, we said he was loved by his father. Verse 3, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colors. This highlights for us the need to embrace God's love like we said last week because in God we are already beloved sons. And being loved by God is the foundation upon which we discover, pursue, and fulfill our destiny. However, we also said that our relationship with God as our Father has a bearing with our relationship with our natural and spiritual fathers. How you relate to God as your heavenly father will affect how you relate to your natural parents and how you relate to your spiritual parents. The other day I was meeting the, the, my cell members. Friday, we had a very wonderful time here, my cell members, and I asked them this question. I said, be careful before you answer the question. Who is your spiritual father? In fact, no, I didn't say spiritual. I didn't say spiritual. I said, who is your father? That's right. Yeah, that was it. Who is your father? It was a very interesting conversation. And I heard some answers. But one of the things that you be, like I said last week, and I'll say it again, not everybody in this church, I'm not the father of everyone in this church. I am the father of CLF for sure. But the individuals in CLF, I am not necessarily your father. Somebody is. You have to know who your father is. But one of the things about fatherhood is, or whoever your father is, is this. You carry their name. What does that mean? You carry their nature. You carry their name, which means you carry their nature. So you act like them. You think like them. When you are in a certain context, you will say, automatically you think, how would this person behave? It means they have some kind of imprint on your spirit. And the other thing is, you don't decide who your father is. 
How many of you decided which family you were going to be born in? You don't decide that. You discover it. Hallelujah. The other day, a very sincere man of God asked me, him and his wife asked me, if I could provide cover for them. And I said to them, let's wait on that. I mean, I wanted to. I really did. But I felt it was better for me to honor them by giving them the opportunity to decide whether they like this person before they bring themselves under him. Because I said to them, you don't know me. I could be a hooligan. I could be, a, I could be an insane person. You don't know me. Now, I don't mind who, who is my child. You know, you have good children and bad children. But you better be careful who's your father. Are you still here? Okay, you, are you here. All right, fine. Let's, let's move on quickly because of time. Now, one of the things, the third point is this. He was envied by his brothers because of his father's love. I mean, I wish I could stay more in, in second point, but because of time. Maybe I'll touch on this another time. He was envied by his brothers because of his father's love. And this highlights the reality that your relationship with God will alienate you from those who do not have the same experience. There are things that God will bring your way that will cause people who are not on your wavelength to completely misunderstand and even despise you because of it. However, you will also recognize that you are loved by how people speak to you. You see, it says they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. So how people speak to us will reveal to us whether they really like us. Can they speak the truth in love? Or do they flatter us with nice words? Can they restore us when we have fallen? Or do they hammer us further? Fathers have learned how to be patient with their children. Because children have no sense of responsibility. The role of a father is to bring a child up to become a father spiritually, men and women to be spiritual fathers. That's the role of every spiritual father, is to raise up their children to be fathers. Just like naturally, the role of a father and a mother is to bring up their children where they become parents themselves. Isn't that right? That's the goal. It's the same spiritually. I have many sons who are now my equal. Many sons who are now my equal in, in many respects. They are able to do what I do and even better. People like Pastor Philip, Pastor Peter, these are my sons. Pastor Mecca, Pastor Nicholas, these are all my sons that I have begotten in the gospel. But they're now my equal. Michael, the chair of trustees, he's one of my sons. Raised him up. We chased him and raised him. But now he's my boss. So the role of a father is to raise up his sons. Who is your father? Who is your father? It's very important. Because your father plays a role in your foundations. 
Your father has authority to speak directly into your life. See, my natural dad, I'm his spiritual father. What's the paradox? I'm his father in the Lord, but he's my father in the natural. And my natural dad, when, he, when I notice that he's not happy, I really take a step back and just really will seed to him. Okay, dad, okay, dad, okay, dad. Because if he opens his mouth and curses me, it could hit somewhere and it could have an impact. Are you listening? You're really listening. Or have you, are you, ask your neighbor, are you listening to him? <laughs> this thing of fatherhood, I really want to teach in it more because it is so powerful. It is so powerful. And what it means to be a son, men and women, it is so powerful. Fourth thing, let's look at Joseph, verse 5. He says, now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he had a dream. Everybody has a dream. Unfortunately for many people is, when you're born as a child, you have all kinds of wonderful aspirations. By the time you hit your teens and leave school, most of it is knocked out of you. This is why it is so important to come into the house of God. Because in the Bible, in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18, when the Spirit is poured out, he says, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. They shall declare of things come to come and the will and purposes of God. Your young men shall see visions. They will have purpose and focus and see that which God wants them to see. They'll be able to pierce into the spirit realm and see what God wants them to see. Your old men will dream dreams. That word dream dreams in the Greek and in the Hebrew says they will recover dreams. They will recover dreams. In other words, old men who once had no sense of destiny, no sense of purpose, who had lost their dreams, when the spirit comes on them, they recover their dreams. Are you listening? Now, Joseph dreamed a dream. And beloved, I want you to know there is a dream inside of you. There is a dream inside of you. I mean, some of you, it is so powerful. There is something much bigger than you inside of you that God placed inside of you. And you must not allow anything to take that dream away. Yeah. There is a dream inside of you. Say to your neighbor, dream your dream. Come on. You must come to the place in life where you are living out your dream. Whatever you can do in your power, you are doing it because of the dream. Joseph dreamed a dream. But he made the mistake of telling his brothers his dream when he should have kept it to himself. Because not everyone close to us is interested in your dream or in our dreams. Not everyone close to us wants us to progress. I'm telling you the truth. Oh, keep quiet. Always, and you're going to do this, and you're going to do that. Just one word, bang, you're, you're dead, dead, dead. They'll tell you, know, you say, you know what, I feel God wants me to, to go to this car. Oh, you always say that. And that's the end. So sometimes you have to learn to keep it. There are things that the Lord told me from the beginning 
when I started this ministry that I only began to say two years ago. Yeah. I only began to say two years ago. Even I only began to say privately to people two years ago. And that was 20 years later. Because it wasn't time. Hallelujah. Some will even despise you because of the dream. Fifth point. He was rejected by his brothers because of his dreams. Verses 6 to 8. Now this highlights the reality that every child of destiny will experience rejection and misunderstanding by those closest to him because of their dream. Look at our Lord Jesus. His brothers, after he had done all the miracles, his, his mother, Mary, and his brothers said, now he's lost his mind. Let's go and get him out of there. He's lost his mind. He's lost his mind. Because when you begin to fulfill the destiny that God has called you to, only those who are hearing the Father, your Heavenly Father, will be able to hear and see what you see. Six point. Your destiny involves leadership and honor from those who have gone ahead of you. Now look at verse 10. He dreamed another dream still. He dreamed still another dream. And told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time, the sun and the moon, that's father and mother, and the 11 stars, that's you guys, were all bowing to me. Now, when you look at that, you can miss what the Holy Spirit is highlighting. And that is this. Every destiny God calls us to will mean that eventually, we in some way or another will provide leadership to those who have gone ahead of us. In some way or another. I'll just give you a natural example. Every child grows up to become a parent to their parents, eventually. That is a law that God has set in motion. In the same way, every spiritual father, every spiritual mother will raise up people who will eventually become a parent to them. I am believing that some of you one day will parent me in Jesus' name. I'm believing that. I am believing that some of you one day will say to me, now Joe, this is how we do it. I said, really? Wow. Not when I am, I don't know what to do. No, no, no. At that stage, I myself don't know what to do. Yeah, when you get to a certain point, the scripture says, a a grasshopper is a, a big thing. A little thing becomes a big weight. Yeah, that's just a natural progression of life. But more important than that, the reason why you need to know how to submit and follow those ahead of you is so that you have the authority for those very ones to submit to you one day. It's very, very important. Very important. Remember what I said to you? When I was entering the ministry, my parents who were not born again, I made sure they blessed me. I made sure. I went to them and I said, I want you to pray over me. I'm going to be giving up my job, which is earning good money. And uh, I want you to pray over me. I'm going to the ministry. And they, my mom, I mean, blessed her. She was just like, 
Why are you doing that? I mean, have you lost your She just back, 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 back. And my stepdad, huh? You feel, I just, <laughs> now can you bless me? I said, like, now can you bless me? On the third one, okay. Then they bless me. And now, thank you, I'm off. Unless you say something I don't want to hear. I'm off. Same with my dad. And that's why they're members of our church. That's why they're members. I am believing that your parents will come under your authority in Jesus' name because of your destiny. Seventh point, verses 10 to 11. He told it to his fathers and brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. You see, your destiny, listen, is not meant to be understood by your parents and by your siblings. It's not meant to be understood even by your spiritual parents. It's not meant to be understood. It's yours. I remember many years ago, I was talking to my, my, my pastor, and he asked me, a godly man, good man, and he asked me, what do I believe my call was? And I told him, and he said, no, 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 that's not it. It's this. And I said, no, it's, it's not. It's, it's this. He said, no, 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 it's this. I said, okay, um, I know what it is, but that's fine. He is my father, and so I respected him. Then, one of the senior leaders, who was like a mentor, like, let's say, so there's me, then let's say someone like Philip, comes and says, I hear you said to the pastor that you are called to be this. What gives you the right? So I, I looked at him. You see, how I related to my father, it was different. He's not my father. He's just a brother, an older brother. So it was different. With my father, I was very, okay, sir, you know, I know what I'm called to do. But with him, I asked him, uh, excuse me, what is this all about? So no, 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 you said you are called to be this. I said, yes, I am. God told me I'm called to be this. What's that called to do with anything? That's exactly what I said. And yeah, uh, but, yeah, but, well, yeah, um, uh, I said, are we done? Uh, yeah, we are done. Okay, thank you. He was my older brother. But my father, I was respectful. But I did not expect him to understand my destiny. But he still was my father. Are you listening? So your natural father may not understand why you are called to do what you're called to do. And even your spiritual father may not understand it. But don't violate the word of God because they don't understand what you know. Stop trying to get everyone on board before you take the steps that God has called you to take. But remember, whatever step God has called you to take, you cannot violate his word in the process. I've seen so many people, in the name of the leading of the Lord, do things that God frowns upon. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. You must learn how to walk in obedience. I remember many years ago, in 1988, I just finished Polytechnic, 1988. How many of you were born in 19, before then? 
Hey, most of you are not alive. How many of you were not alive in, in 1988? Hey, that's a lot of you. You're really young. So in 1988, I felt the Spirit say to me, start a church. So I went to my pastor. I said, the Lord said, I should start the church. And he looked at me. He said, how's your cell doing? I thought, what's that got to do with anything? I said, it's not really doing well. I mean, what's, and I'm, I'm thinking, what's that got to do with anything? He said, no, 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 no. You, you, you're not even ready. You're not even doing the cell properly and you want to start a church. I thought, what does this man know? I know God has told me start a church and you're telling me I'm not ready. And then one wise older brother said something to me. He said, listen, even if your spiritual father is wrong and you honor God, God will honor you. So listen to him. You know what? I'm so grateful for that wise counsel. Three years later, the spirit again said to me, start a church. I went back to him. I said, sir, I feel like the Lord is telling me. He said, yeah, I, I see it as well. But you see, in those three years, the things I learned is why I'm still here in Jesus' name. And even it was in those three years that I met my wife. Yes, I would have missed her. Because around that time, she started coming to church. I was going to leave and start my church. So I would have missed her. Our paths would not have crossed. And my life would not be as satisfying. Sure, I'd have married somebody else. But thank you for that. It wouldn't be the same. One man of God said, is it okay to remarry if your wife dies? If your wife dies, not if you feel like remarrying. And his father-in-law said, if you can only find a good one, if you can only find a good one, there are many to choose from. But I pray you choose the right one in Jesus' name. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on quickly. So how, how to identify the destiny of God upon your life? Number one, start where you are. Start where you are. Joseph began in his father's house. Start where you are. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. You start wherever you find yourself. Many times we think that by changing our environment, we will change the outcomes of our destiny. No. When Joseph's environment changed, he went from bad to, in fact, he went from good to bad. In fact, each change went from one level to a worse level. And that wasn't even engineered by him. <laughs> Number two, listen to the burden of your heart. Everyone has a burden. Everyone has a burden that God lays on them. Many uh, have not allowed themselves to identify their burden. By burden, I mean the thing that concerns you, the thing that grabs your heart. That is such a key. You know, I never can understand why people don't see the need to plant churches. 
This guy, you're looking at me like I've just said some Greek. Let me say it again. I, I never can understand it. I mean, to me, this world needs churches. When I go to an estate, I see a new church. When somebody else goes to an estate, they want to leave. That, that's how my mind is. But that's because of my burden. Everybody has a burden. So you will come into an environment like this and you will pick up things that nobody else will see. You will go into situations, you look at the world and you see it through a lens that no one else sees. That's because of your burden. So, listen to your burden. Proverbs 21, 1 and 2, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Verse 2, every man, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. It is the Lord who weighs the heart. Sometimes my heart has deceived me. I'm talking about this born again, sanctified heart. I'm not talking about unrenewed heart. I'm talking about born again that has deceived me into believing things that God has not said. And so I have learned to always weigh what I believe with the word of God. Yeah. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. You are a king in Christ Jesus. So your heart is in his hands. Like the rivers of water, he turns it. So you find that your heart will turn a certain way. And then it will turn a certain way. You know, rivers turn according to the area of least resistance. Your heart responds to that which resonates with you. Like when I said the church planting thing, you looked at me like, move on quickly. If I said cell groups, someone would like freeze. The assassin, in the name of Jesus, I bind. I'm not a cell leader. I'm not a cell leader. I'm not a cell Yeah. Mm. But you should come and taste cells. So you see that's a very good thing. So, one amen from the assistant pastor. Amen. Third point, and then we'll stop here. Do not violate the word of God in pursuing your burden. Do not violate the word of God. So important. The word of God must always be your yardstick. So when you see something in the word of God that clearly contradicts the action you're going to take, Surrender what you're doing to that word. Obedience to the leading of the spirit can never result in violating a principle of the spirit. In James chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, the scripture says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. These verses are what I use 
when I'm facing decisions that could produce conflict. I use these verses as a guide in my heart. Or if I am going to arbitrate between two individuals, I use these verses to determine a person's heart. So look at it. Put it back on. Where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So, is there envy? And envy is simply this, wanting what belongs to someone else. You see, sometimes you go to someone's house and you wish you could live there. But that's not your house. Every parent has heard their child say to them, I wish you were not my parent. That wish can't come true. Because I am your parent. <laughs> so, envy is when you desire what belongs to someone else. Like, for instance, when I got born again, honestly, and I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you, the last church I wanted to go to, no disrespect intended, and please don't misunderstand me, was a black majority church. I'm just being honest. And so I looked for a church. And I went to a white majority church. The first church I went to, it was a white majority church. And they said to me, this is not the church you want. You want the one over there. They kicked me out. (laughs) But it was of the spirit. (laughs) I'm just being honest. And then, when I began the ministry and I needed a mentor, I specifically said, I don't want a black leader as a mentor. But guess who they sent me? Les Isaac. You can't get any more black than that. And then when I started pastoring, You are laughing. You know why. Yeah, let's move on. But I realized, no, 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 no. Everybody has what's theirs. One day Aisha said to me, why, why is it that you want, you keep going on about this ethnicity and that ethnicity? If they wanted to come to your church, it would come. Why don't you just celebrate those who are coming? So now, if it's all Nigerians, it's glory to God. If it's all West Indians, hallelujah. If it's all Kenyans, praise the Lord. If it's all Chinese, we receive. Indians, thank God. At least I know I have Indian members in my church. I have loads of Indian members. At least that one I know. But the point I'm making is, is I have. I mean, it's in India, but there's still members of my church. I'm not saying some, you are an Indian, I mean... I'm not saying that. But the point I'm making is envy. What belongs to someone else. And then the next thing, self-seeking. So if I notice that what I am looking for is about me, I question it. Then this is the the yardstick I use. Look at the, the next verse. The wisdom that I use and that you must learn to use in making key decisions must be guided by first purity. 
That is, that which is not defiled by evil. Secondly, peaceable. In other words, that which results in harmony. Thirdly, gentle. In other words, your strength is controlled. Number four, willing to yield. That means you are willing to cede to another. You are willing to give way. Full of mercy. That means you are, it's, for you, it's very difficult for you to be offended. Full of mercy. And good fruits. What we see from you is wholesome. It's without partiality. That means there is no favoritism involved. And it's without hypocrisy. That means what you see is what you get. <laughs> we will stop there. We're going to pray. You are a child of destiny. Amen. I said you are a child of destiny. Amen. And we are laying the right foundations because of what God has called us to do.